how do I interview somebody without learning about their mental illness? Hello, welcome to the Girls Talk Comics Guestapode or Guesticle, whichever word you prefer (laughs) for that. You know, real quick history about our little interviews. I totally thought about adding interviews to the Girls Talk comic schedule and focusing mostly on readers just to kind of understand more about the people who are buying and reading and what brought them in and kind of in a weird way contribute to kind of market studies, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I worked in comic shops selling them and I liked to understand how could I get more people to buy them so we could also sustain that part of the comic shop and then I can continue to buy them. You know, it was really selfish. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then. <laughs> We expanded into writers and artists, and it's been really great to learn about the other side, the creation side. But first, Victoria, tell us about yourself. Wonderful. So I'm Victoria Douglas. I'm a comic artist from the central Ohio area, just out here vibing. My comic Cinnamon comes out in less than a month. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm (sighs) super, I'm just over the moon, ready for it to be in people's hands, and that's 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 become my life. I am now one with cinnamon. One with it cinnamon. Is, it has been a fabulous opportunity. Cinnamon immediately grabbed my attention, by the way. Uh, the cover art in the previews book looked uh-huh. so fun and energetic that I had to read the synopsis. I mean, comics, I think, is one industry where you can judge a book by its cover. Yes. Then when I read the description, I just fell in love with the idea. At the time, my husband and I had... Like it was after we had put our dog down and we had been kind of talking about new pets and we had been discussing getting a cat. And so I was, I'm at this very romanticized point with cat ownership that is slowly diminishing because now we own a kitten and she's everywhere all the time, but yeah, it's neither here nor there. But when I saw that cinnamon idea, I was like, this is beautiful. (laughs) Would you like to give more of the spiel and synopsis? More of the spiel. So it's, it's a slice of life comic about a house cat. That's it. There's nothing else going on. It's beautiful. Just normal things happening to a normal cat. But then we we see things from Cinnamon's perspective and the whole tone of the comic shifts to a gritty action comic with giant robot fights and motorcycle chases on the streets of Big Kitchen City. I, I think it was a uh, love that idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got some serious wheels to it that like, I, as I was writing it, it was right on the heels of getting uh, my first cat with my wife. We've been married for about four years. And we're like, okay, you know, I think it's time to get a cat. Yeah. And so we got her as a tiny, tiny little kitten. Her name's Ripley. Good name. Uh, it is a good name. Named after Alien. Yes. We want we wanted to name the cat Jonesy, but like that just felt so cliche. So instead yeah. we took the other character's name. I love it. And so we named her Ripley and she was a terror. We lived in a studio apartment at the time. And so there's literally nowhere to go to get away from her except to lock yourself in the closet. 
she just she loved to scratch and play and <laughs> she wanted to be everywhere and so I, I think she demanded that I make a comic about her <laughs> um, it just kind of exploded from there and it's like okay okay I want to do an action comic about this darn cat but what does that look like what does that mean and it just continually snowballed from there into into what it is recognizable right now yeah you know I'm gonna kind of make a jump I think I see you have an Akira box set in the background is that what that is yes I do yeah, yeah. There's something about the concept, the fun, and maybe it was a bit of the cover art. I haven't seen the inter- the internal art yet, but it, it reminds me of the kind of really satirical or hilarious slice of life manga that I've read. And would you say that's been any influential on making that kind of like the premise? I mean, I maybe not art style wise, but... I feel like the exploration of that genre, I have seen it more in other media, like in other country media than American media. I think that cinnamon and my work as a whole is definitely a marriage of all the different things that I consume myself and have, you know, since I was a kid. Yeah. And so I, I grew up reading a lot of manga. My dad was in the Air Force, and so we lived overseas in Okinawa for, you know, three or four years and so that's that's where I like I really learned oh you know I really enjoy drawing I enjoy drawing in this cartoon style you know what is this what does this look like when I go back to the states and kind of push it in my own thing and so like I read a lot of western comics I read a lot of manga I, I stay up on a lot of like independent stuff but it's I think there is definitely this quality of independent small press comics whether they're western or you know strictly Japanese where you can get away with so much when you're not under a like a serialized comic or a giant publisher with demands and markets that you need to appeal towards it's more of a you have you have two covers on either side of your book and whatever you put inside of that is up to you and that's so cool. readers readers are kind of asked to give you a shot and just like you're, you're gonna read it and you're gonna walk away with it with something and so i think like even pushing cinnamon into this like serialized space where it is an ongoing comic i wanted to give readers something to engage with that maybe they weren't seeking out mm-hmm. and so that's like so much of this the the mundane things that turn into something fantastic i think i just wanted to pull from half of the things that i really like which is those slower more slice of life kind of comics and media i love hearing about your motivation or that insight that you just gave because one of the i guess fantasies that i've had as a reader of comics is that they get catapulted into more of I don't want to use the word serious I don't want to use the word respected but Mm -hmm. kind of along those lines domains because I think of all the things that I've explored with prose you know with reading prose Mm -hmm. and consuming prose and how you get stories of varied tempos or just themes and it's just produced in suffocating volumes (laughs) it's just like (laughs) every time I see something different like cinnamon or I always just get so excited because I'm like, yes, something new, something different. Hopefully that we can engage other people and like really kind of bring forward like the storytelling diversity that we have in the comics media. So like I was, gen- I am genuinely excited because it's about a cat who's going to have robots and gang fights and biker gangs and <laughs> stuff. But yeah. at the same time, the diversity of narrative that it's adding to the comics world is I want to say empowering motivating I don't know yeah yeah well I I think like 
I mean, there is definitely this core idea of I want to make the comics that I want to read. And I'm kind of coming at this from an angle of attack of not reading a ton of superhero comics growing up. And like, that's fine. Like, I, I love picking up the occasional run here and there. But like coming into this whole space and like having my comic on bookshelves alongside these serious contenders when like... I've just been hawking my zines at small press comic fairs, you know, kind of jumping in from that angle has been wonderful. It's felt really engaging to be doing what I'm doing for this crowd and for these people. Because I mean, like, it's it's an action comic for cat lovers, but also just for like general pet owners at all because there's there's definitely this barrier where if we could talk to our pets, they'd have something to say about everything and so in lieu of trying to translate what my cat's actually feeling i just felt like i could make comics about it and, and you know, hope entertain it's people <laughs> so I, I i do feel like cinnamon is is fresh and people have not read something like it I, and, and i mean that's like not entirely true i've been thinking about that a lot lately that like you know it's it's courage the cowardly dog except it's not things that are scary it's things that you want to fight and you know engage with it's that that like turning mundane things into something else that like is such a vehicle it's that kind of maybe kitty imagination that childlike Mm -hmm. wonderment and excitement about things but from your cat and watching my kitten engage with the world i could see how that works (laughs) because everything's exciting So kind of getting to your excitement about it being on the shelf, you mentioned that you graduated last year and that you still feel kind of like a a student and are moving from that to... Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a wild ride. I mean, the past year has been crazy for a lot of people, but I, I graduated in 2020 from the Columbus College of Art and Design. Congratulations. Super excited. It took 10 years to get the degree. You know, you get there when you get there. Yes. And so yes. it felt like it felt like a big accomplishment. I finally have a piece of paper that says I'm allowed to make art. Round so, of applause. <laughs> yay. It was it was kind of a crazy time to be graduating and to be going out and trying to, you know, do X, Y, or Z and make a living and make the stuff I want to make. I transferred to CCAD in 2018. Okay. Before that, it was a very rigorous art program and I was entrenched in illustration for the applicable career of doing spot illustrations for lawyers and dentists and lawn mowing agencies and it was just boring and soul-sucking and awful i never i guess realized that somebody would have to draw that stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's this idea that there's there's designers for everything i mean the curtains on your wall have to be designed by someone granted that's not going to be me it's like not a textile artist but like everything needs to be done. And so I, I kind of postured myself as a designer who could draw. I did a lot of website development. I did a lot of like front end web coding. I just, I like, I, I treated it as like, okay, well, I'm going to make a living in art and this is the only way to do it. And uh, transferring to CCAD was like a total fresh slate. And I got to just kind of restart myself and say, okay, well, what, what do I actually want to do? What do I want to make? And I kicked against making comics for decades. I loved reading them, but it was like, oh, no, 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 there's no money. There's no money. I can't do it. I can't do it for a living. But by the time I finally gave it a shot, it was like, oh, shoot, this is really wonderful. I really enjoy being able to tell the stories that I want to tell and then be able to draw it. So I think the past three years or so of being in school specifically studying 
comics with kind of this trajectory in mind. Honestly, I just feel lucky to have been given the opportunity so soon after graduating. Yeah, that's an amazing like, turnaround. Like I'm a... <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I think it was it was very opportune timing because Cinnamon, the, the first issue was my capstone thesis comic at CCAD. Cool. And so the idea was that, that you'd spend the year developing a 22-page first issue for a comic property of your own. That's awesome. And so, like, there was, there was no expectation that it would have to be anything more than just the one issue. You know, you didn't have to, like, pitch it to publishers or anything or actually make it afterwards. But that was kind of the capsule project was was make something that could be part of a larger series. And so that, that was Cinnamon. And uh, it caught the eye of the right people at the right time. Honestly, yeah. it's it's not like I'm any more deserving of the opportunity to have my stories told on this stage, but it was really just right time, right people saw it. So I really like that you said that there was no expectation for getting the comic published, being in social work and having some friends who've like really dove deep into the arts PhD world. <laughs> you know, they're... Yeah. There comes that expectation of publishing allows you to proceed further in academics. And I think with art, there is a degree of the more you publish, the more you're seen and the more opportunities kind of come from that. But uh, it, it sounds like so freeing to have an academic culture where it's like, eh, you don't have to publish <laughs> by the time you graduate. Or is it my world? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you want to do any kind of research, you have to be publishing in your undergrad. Like. Okay. Yeah, and that's like CCAD was, I hesitate to say it was relaxed. Like it was, especially compared to where I was before, where it was like, okay, you know, grit your teeth, grab hold of the bar because you got to move freaking fast to make oh, it in life. You know, you got to be doing paid jobs by the time you graduate so you can hit the ground running. Oh my and gosh. Like, I definitely bought into that idea and like, I don't necessarily feel like it's deserved me to have this idea of, okay, well, you know, I, I need to be working, 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 working. However, going to CCAD really kind of recontextualized that and said, okay, you know, chill the frick out. Just, just relax for a minute, you know, make good work, take the time you need to make good work and like, let that be the thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I mean, I had, I had the time of my life doing that because it, it was like kind of a year's worth of developing this, this comic idea. So it was pretty methodical, but it helped hammer out a lot of like the initial rules of sentiment and of the world and of the characters and the way that I'm going to draw it. And I definitely feel like sentiment as a whole wouldn't be as good if I hadn't taken that time. And I mean, that's, that's more a testament to pre-production work and how important it is. Just being able to walk away from school and hop into something else and, and take this thing that I already love and care about and just make more of it is like so cool. And, and I've had a great time that's doing awesome. the next two issues, which are coming out right after issue one. So we got three issues coming out immediately with as many more as I can on the way. I am so excited. I don't think I know a lot of synonyms for excited. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to go with that one on repeat. It's just, I I read Beast of Burden by Evan Dorkin, which okay. is, have you heard of that one? Vaguely. Yeah, it's incredibly sad uh, because it's about animal, like supernatural hunters, like ghost hunters. And they... Gotcha take on this uh, group that protects humans and other dogs from supernatural evils. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So it has a lot of sad undertones, but it does mostly focus on dogs. It has one little cat side character, but left me openly sobbing after reading it. Oof. No. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go to work too. And so like my husband was like, why are you reading it? I'm like, it's so good. And I'm just sobbing in the yeah, living room yeah. at 930 in the morning. It was a disaster. So with Cinnamon, I'm very excited to have almost the complete opposite of that <laughs> with action, slice of life, and with a cat. And I feel like yes. it'll really round out my animal selection, <laughs> being able to have yeah. now a cat featured in something fun. It'll be a good time. I think people are going to find something to love. It's a very lighthearted comic. Uh, it's not necessarily like written for children, but it is you know, age appropriate for, for anyone. I didn't feel the need to throw in excessive sex scenes or heavy drinking or drug use. You know, it's it's great. It's really just more about thoughts of a cat and the, the imagination and like all these like vague things that you just you just want to read more. You want to explore yeah. it and see what the deal is. I'm excited um, that your cat has healthy coping skills of not excessive drinking or drug use whenever feeling imaginative or bored. I mean like <laughs> According to your story, yeah, like yeah. If, if I'm wrong, of course, tell me. But you know, like. no, no, it's good, but it's also like I, I think it, it grapples with a lot of things that pet owners have to go through in general, because that's that's the whole point. That's where all the tension comes from. Is you know, I I don't know how to deal with a cat. I don't know how to understand the needs of a cat without really digging into it and learning about those things. And so I'm inventing my own story of like, ah, yes, you know, the cat needs to fight a giant robot but really it's things like positive reinforcement for cats instead of punishing them when they do something wrong give them treats when they do something good yeah. you know like these little lessons that like i had to learn that immediately just spin off and become the plot for an issue i love that so the, the ways that can go forward are pretty limitless and i so, would like, love to see jackson galaxy support this mm -hmm. comic do you know who that is no he used to do a show on animal planet where it's like my cat from hell and now he has a <laughs> youtube channel he's the cat whisperer and uh. he loves cats he has a toy line i've watched a lot of his videos as a new cat owner because i'm just absorbing information and gotcha. and gotcha. he is this incredibly great guy but in my head i'm immediately like Jackson Galaxy needs this book. Definitely, if it's going to be talking about <laughs> behaviors and reinforcement and training, and uh, um, yeah, I yeah. hope it crosses his path someday, since I he is such so. a cat I mean, lover. It's a little nerve wracking because I'm no, I'm no professional at it. I just have this these little anecdotal like lessons that I've learned that like I don't, I don't think I want to present it in a matter of fact medical like kind of way. It would lose all it's of its wonder. Just, yeah, just think, think about how you treat your cat. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, when you play with your cat with a laser pointer, there's nothing for them to grab onto. There's nothing for them to like hunt. And so it can be frustrating for a lot of cats Yeah. when they can't hunt something. And so like we got a little stuffed animal that we would like put the laser pointer onto at the end so that she could pounce on it and actually like accomplish something. That's so cool. And so that features into later issues of Cinnamon, you know, learning how to get cats to like each other because we got a second cat right at the beginning of the quarantine and uh they hated each other oh no <laughs> so and it was mostly just ripley stressed out of her mind could not deal with Aww. another animal that she didn't understand it was like it was an equation that she didn't know the answer to and and so it's it's taken a long time but they're they're not as like bitey anymore oh, good. but that took a lot and that will for sure factor into future issues 
when I introduce a new cat, <laughs> you know, like, and so it's, it's just that. And like, since starting this, since kind of publishing it, you know, I've heard so many stories from other people who have cats and have, you know, experienced this crazy thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, it would make such a great, like, x y or z and then they explain how it would look in in the comic and it's like oh yeah you know like totally your imagination's doing the same thing that sentiment is and i just i just love being kind of privy to that that's you know? so cool it's, it's just this vehicle for cat owners yeah really. and, and the overlap of people who read comics and have cats is pretty overlapping venn diagram i've definitely so. <laughs> seen a lot uh same with artists and writers too it's just yeah. i mean we're all yeah. we're all pet lovers i guess and it's it's wonderful. i mean i have nothing against dogs but cats are my people yeah because they just they want to be at least our cats want to be well ripley wants to be left alone <laughs> and i want to be left alone and so, like, we can give each other attention when we both want it. Ripley's really chilled out over the past two years of owning her, which, so, like, in the comic, she's presented as, like, six months old because mm-hmm. that's how old she was when I was writing the first issue. And she kind of stays that way, but Ripley's Ripley's just past two years, and she's a lot more chill. She's still very curious about the world, but she's, she's definitely more balanced. My kitten is at that is six months old right now and is very yeah she follows me around everywhere which is super precious there's a Mm -hmm. cat making an appearance hello this is mona hi mona look at that white spot how precious yeah ripley's Uh, here too but she's sleeping and i won't bother her that's that's fair um toothless is the name of my kitten she's all black and has big yellow green eyes kind of like the dragon from how to train your dragon Aww. and i guess the shelter had named her toothless and we loved that name and kept that's um, wonderful but yeah she's very much six months and wants to touch everything and has now found yes. people food and of course my husband wakes up at 4.30 in the morning. And so by 5.30 in the morning, when I'm not awake, I get little kitten paws to the face every day. It's very stressful. Like it's yeah. precious, but like I need a night's sleep. Well, Mona, Mona loves to sit on our faces at night to mm. get us to get out of bed and give her food. Problem is she never checks her food first. She just knows that she gets food if she harasses us. So like we walk out there and I, I dip my toe in her food bowl and shuffle the food around a little bit. And she's like, ah, yes, new food. (laughs) Oh, come on. And then I go try and go back to sleep at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Um, Oh, my gosh. But both of our cats do sleep with us in our bed. And that's just wonderful. We just have our cozy little bed with all the family members on it. And it's very idyllic. (laughs) That is... That's so cute. Yeah, my kitten does not like to sit on the face to wake us up. She likes to sit on the face to cuddle. Mm. So that's her winding down is just pressing up against my mouth and nose. And um, (laughs) I don't think she realizes I can't breathe through her. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of Mm -hmm. my neck in the middle of the night, like crooked at a horrible angle because I'm just trying to (laughs) breathe. But let's go into some fun questions. You mentioned laser pointer and... A stuffed toy for the kid, the cats to hunt. Is that your favorite cat toy or is there something else? I think my favorite way to play with the cat is Ripley loves reflections Ooh. of things. And so like when, when the sun bounces off my watch face and hits the wall, she 
freaks out and will go like launch herself up the wall to get it. And just, I don't know what it specifically it is about that specific thing, but it's the only thing where she will like click at it. And really? she does this little like chirp. And we found out it's like, that's, that's what cats do when they cannot reach something or they can't understand how to get to something, but they want to. And so like, or, or we'll be chopping up meat with a, with a nice sharp knife and the sun or the light will glint off of the side of the knife and, and end like, up on the ceiling and, oh and all of a sudden gosh. she's like enraptured and so like it's just always a fun time when when we're eating dinner and something like catches it and we hear the chirp and we're like dang it <laughs> now we have to entertain her huh. but it's only barely a negative like it's just yeah. it's just fun and mona's like what the heck are you doing what is <laughs> There's nothing there. It's just light, you dummy. I had a German shepherd that would freak out about reflections too. He was fixated <laughs> on those also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That gets me the most excited. It's just That's it's just good. a fun little thing. It's a quirky yeah. part of her personality. They don't they don't really go for a whole lot of like standard like toys toys on yeah. strings and stuff. They end up playing a lot with each other and I think that's also super important. Oh, that's so cute. Um, I mean, it's kind of like play fighting, but are they actually just fighting? But they chase each other around a lot and they tussle and, and have a good time and they never actually like harm each other. So we're we're just we're cool with it and try and try and support those outlets because that's we knew we had to get a second cat because yeah. Ripley just had nothing to do and just had all this energy. So now she has a lot more appropriate outlets for that. So. Can relate. I'm thinking <laughs> a second cat is in the line for us eventually. Just got to get the husband on yep. board. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> My wife wants a third cat. And, and I'm the one saying, is this now the right time? Should we do this? <laughs> we, we will eventually, I'm sure. Like, it has to happen. Yeah. It's kind of, it's one of those things that's like, once you start, you can't stop. <laughs> I'm like, they're so cute. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to be known as like the crazy cat ladies on the street, but we're going to have cats. <laughs> there you go. My kitten just discovered plastic spoons as a toy <laughs> and... Uh-huh. We love that because it is a bit more independent play for her rather than kicking us, biting us, or needing us to drag a string around or chase her. So I, I like it right now because I can throw a spoon at her and she's wrestling with it for a good half hour and I can go do something else. <laughs> so that uh-huh. currently is my favorite cat toy, the plastic yeah. spoons. We've Super been, cheap. Uh, Ripley loves being outside, but we've tried to keep her an indoor cat. Just because, like, you never know whose kid's going around the neighborhood with a pellet gun. Yes. So, like, that's just, we don't want to, we don't want to mess up our cats. So we've, I, I think our summer project, what we really want to do is build a catio out the back door. Ooh. Build an enclosure for them to be able to get out and be in the grass and mess with some bugs. Yeah. Part, part of the problem is Ripley uh, likes to eat grass a lot, but, you know, she just immediately pukes it up. And so, you know, if she gets out and eats grass, that she's going to throw it up later and I get to clean it up. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, if the catio, theoretically, if the catio is nice enough she'll just throw it out outside that's the hope fingers crossed at least our floors are hardwood for the most part so it's it's easy not a whole lot yeah yeah could be a lot worse yeah yes so next fun question yes favorite pokemon favorite pokemon i think my favorite is definitely magikarp (gasps) me too (laughs) Ah! i i love magikarp 
Oh, please tell me why. I I mean, I just think it gets a lot of hate and it's just such a beautiful little fish. Yeah, undeserved like, hate. I, I don't even care that it evolves into Gyarados. I just, like, man, it is such a useless Pokemon in all the games. And it's so and goofy. Like, they, they literally eat it in the TV show. So, like, come on, man, just cut Magikarp break. I think it's it's slowly become my favorite over the past decade. Okay. But I, I definitely, I like the weird Pokemon. No, I, I I love a lot of the Gen 8 stuff. I mean, I, I loved Sword and Shield. Like, that was a fun time. And I think just the weird Pokemon, the penguin with an ice cube for a head. Like, of course I love ice cube. It's just so dumb. The uh, Galarian me- Meowth from... Yes. Oh, God, just... He's such a little creature. Like, he's just a goofy mm-hmm. ogre of a cat. And... Yes. I love, love it. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Preserker, like it's just it's so just... it's so dumb. Or or a lolan executor. Yes. Like, why yes, I want a palm tree as a the... Pokemon and it's dragon type. The like... Alolan um Diglett and Doug Trios with the hair. Yes. Like there's just so much about it that's wonderful. Like it's it's just so fun. Absolutely. I have a Magikarp little plastic statue staring at me right now. <laughs> and I love it because it's just mouth agape, dots for eyes, just vacant, vacant stare. It's yes. it's such a precious little thing to have on the counter. Like good choice. I, I had a t-shirt with like a like a face card, deck of cards kind of a thing, but it was Magikarp and it was one of those like a some some unique low Pokemon collaboration. But, yeah. You know, I'm down for it. I played through Magikarp Jump on my phone and wasted my life away but yes yeah I, I think in general if i had to pick a favorite like pokemon type mm-hmm. right now i think it'd be ice pokemon okay and i think that's that's more like there were just so many good ice pokemon in the past two generations that i just really loved playing with and, and so my team ended up being a full ice team that's funny my teams usually end up being normal rock and fire uh-huh. um so it's very opposite the ice <laughs> it's that's like my wife my wife she loves geodude she's is is so cool like one of her favorites oh but he could she, mess somebody up like <laughs> <laughs> she didn't play any pokemon games until we got married and so i, I converted her over time job well done over four years like job well done yeah yeah well i mean like we got a nintendo switch when it came out and and we had only been married like a year or so in like 2017 yeah and it just it like it became it was the first console we owned together it was the first console she really owned after playing hardly anything growing Mm -hmm. up so i got to introduce her to all the old zelda games and so her first zelda game was wind waker and we just had a ball playing through that so it feels good like it we we share a lot of those Nintendo games now. I mean, of course, you know, she loves Animal Crossing and I love Animal Crossing and we played that way too much over the past year, but same distressing amount. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, my husband and I have a nice balance. I have my Switch, which I've fallen in love with for the indie games. Um mm, did not yes. realize I was an indie gamer 
really, until the Switch, which has given him free reign to access the PS4. So he's classic. He's playing his AAA titles, and I'm like, ooh, this is $4. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's really, that's so cool. I'm glad that we can bond over Magikarp appreciation. Yes, like, absolutely. It's not often I find another Magikarp fan. It's just uh, wonderful. <laughs> All right. Yes. Last question, also a favorite question. Mythical and or mystical creature? You know, you kind of primed me for this and and I've just been thinking about it. And I I think it's just like a little bit of everything. I really like selkies. Kind of the like half mermaid, half monster kind of creatures. Generally, I mean, I'm down for, I'm down for a good dragon Yes, but, people need to stop lying to themselves. I think more people are dragon kids <laughs> than they want to admit. You know, we always like to talk about horse girls or whatever, but I think everyone was a dragon kid at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. I think I, I definitely like, what are, are they, Tanuki? Because they're just so yes. goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Love little trickster creatures, you know? It's just... Have, have you ever seen Pompoko? I saw half of it because I didn't have enough time to watch it in one sitting but that is a delightful little movie it is a very weird movie we got we got a bootleg dvd version of that as a kid and like as a kid it never registered to me that like you know the tanukis are walking around with their giant sacks full of cool stuff but they got their nut sacks hung over there (laughs) over their shoulder like that's the whole thing that's the whole deal is that they have like inflatable nut sacks like, that was just so weird <laughs> i think so, that's like, why i find them hilarious it's just yeah. it's... so like there's a point in the movie where they they turn like one of their nut sacks into a bridge into like a fake bridge and then a truck drives over it and then they like pull the bridge out from under them and the truck crashes and it's like what what <laughs> i don't I think i made it that far but that's hilarious it's... It's like, a weird, weird movie. Weird Studio Ghibli. Like early sure. Studio Ghibli, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, they really changed the tone after that movie, I feel like. I, the, I don't think it was, I don't think it was Hao Miyazaki. I think it was the Sao Takahata. I think it was mm, the, the other guy. The other guy, yeah. That makes sense. No offense to him, but Miyazaki's a bit more advertisable to probably... <laughs> Western audiences and younger, like, family audiences, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see why he might be the face of the agency nowadays, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in a bit of a identity crisis with Miyazaki not quite wanting to retire, but, like, not quite wanting to make movies. And... Yeah. But it's cool. I'm a big fan. I'll watch whatever they come up with. Me too, honestly. Like, yeah. it's it's always a fun ride, you know? You get to see some For sure. very amazing art and i think creative choices that you know someone who just consumes it it just really expands my perception of movies and storytelling and how to empathize with characters and read them so like hit me with some weird rambling stuff let's go (laughs) it it was it was definitely very formative for me watching princess mononoke where there's like there are bad guys and there are good guys but they're all kind of a little bit bad and a little bit good and everyone's got the things that motivate them yeah and like it just felt very realized for for a kid and accessible in a way that like i hadn't really like of course the lady with a bunch of guns is 
bad guy, but like, you know, she's also not, where's the line here? You know, everyone's just kind of looking out for their own and they all have their reasons for doing things. And I think that's when, when you can make real characters who are shades of gray, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, nothing bothers me more than like a flawless protagonist right? or, or like main characters who are given flaws as like a token thing to overcome when like you know people are composites of so much and just let people have hot takes and yeah be characters i think that's what i like so much about howl's moving castle is that Mm. sure sophie did have that trait to kind of the curse to overcome right where she looked like an older woman but it took me far too long into the movie to realize she aged based on her self-confidence you know like Mm -hmm. and i don't know i think that was really fun for me to see and kind of relate to the growth in that character and that humanization kind of of her and the folks around her so yes i mean studio ghibli as a whole is just super accessible it's good stuff. I really enjoy Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Oh, so hard to find their movies <laughs> in store <Yes>. anywhere. <laughs> yes. But so worth it when you do. Cinnamon is coming out soon. Yes. Could you July remind... July 28th. July 28th. And could you remind me who the publisher is again? It is uh, Happy Tank and Behemoth Comics. You know, Behemoth is really starting to stand out a little bit. I feel like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. They hit the ground running and and they are not stopping. Yeah, good. Uh, I feel like I hopped in at the right time and like we were all just kind of asking, okay, how's how's this going to play out? Yep. You know, I think it's really telling that their goal was to sell 100,000 comics in their first year and they've already sold that in the past month. Amazing. You Promised Me Darkness passing 50,000 on its own. Wow. Like, it's just mind boggling. And so like, they're, they're exceeding what they thought they'd be doing. And like, you know, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. It's, yeah. it's been fun. It's been fun. Well, I hope Cinnamon, you know, really stands out too and keeps You Promised Me Darkness on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope. I mean, it's, it's selling better than I thought it would. Not, not like, man, I expected it to fail, but it's like I had no frame of reference until the pre-order numbers started coming in. And it's like, whoa, people are buying cinnamon. Like people are excited about my comic. Yeah. And, like, that's super validating. Of course it is, you know? That's, that's just, um, oh, I'm so excited. Was, yes. Yeah. That's yes. your excitement is contagious. Great. I, of course, I'm am glad. like really easy to work up anyway. So like, <laughs> this is yeah. all going to be great. And I know I'm going to talk about it a lot whenever I get that first issue in my hands. Absolutely. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. <sighs> it's it's, it's going to be a good time. Slice of life with robot fights and a cat. I'm just yes. simple, I think, concept, simple standards for me, but it's going to be hard for me to hate it. So <laughs> you'll absolutely, it'll be great. It'll be great. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for everybody listening, I hope that you pick up cinnamon eventually. If not, I will judge a well, little bit. Thank you bit so much for having me on. Again, thanks everybody for joining us and bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of wrap this up because Jess does get mad if I have too long of audio tracks that I send to her, no matter how riveting the conversation is. Uh,